When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. This can remain anonymous and may be eligible for cash reward. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. While we have got measurable rain headed our way, my biggest concern for folks that are along the Wisconsin-Minnesota border down into northeast Iowa, I'm seeing some crazy amounts of uh, almost five inches of rain you could be picking up. We'll talk weather with Stu Muck in about 15 minutes. The forecast for today calling for cloudy skies, rain, and some storms, 73 are expected high, sunny tomorrow, and 77 degrees. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, joining us live via Skype before 6 to let you know what else the market's talking about. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rose? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo. And it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's is secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Oh, man, this summer is going to be a long one, and it might be a boring one at times. It's Josh Scramlin here from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I say that because county fairs, for me personally, they are my vice. I tell anybody that. I love the food. I love the youth uh, livestock shows. I love just walking around the fairgrounds. It's such a, such a euphoria that I get when I'm there. And this year, unfortunately, as we've been reporting, a lot of the county fairs and the state fair and just events in general are not going to be happening. And, and Pam, you got some, uh, some numbers on just the state of events right now, not in Wisconsin, but everywhere. Yeah, that's right, Josh. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee, just down the road from Josh here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, the fair industry is just that. It's an industry. It is about uh, business. It is about profits. And I decided I better find out what the status of that industry is in light of COVID-19. Marla Calico is the president and CEO of the International Association of Fairs and Expositions. And uh, I'll tell you what, that lady is normally busy at this time of the year, but it's busy out of the office traveling to fairs that basically go on 365 days out of the year. We think about them as events that happen in the summertime here in Wisconsin, but there's actually fairs and activities like that that go on year round. So Marla, give me an update. Exactly what is your life like as executive director and uh, president CEO of the International Association of Fairs and Expos in light of COVID-19? Absolutely, Pam, and thank you very much. You know, our job as an international association is to serve our members. Our members consist primarily of county fairs, state fairs, all types of agricultural shows and fairs globally, and so we serve them, and we serve them by organizing meetings, uh, by uh, attending their meetings, uh, by going out. So my life personally has changed drastically because normally between um, the latter part of February and the end of May, I would be on the road every single weekend. Uh, I spend about a third of my life traveling. I visit fairs in progress. I speak at fair meetings and we organize our own meetings. And so immediately I, you know, February 26th is the day I'm not long going to forget because from February 26th onward, within a matter of 
of days, we had to cancel seven meetings, which were organized by our association. We were on the line for hotels. So we spent the first probably three weeks in triage mode. And again, working more hours than I haven't worked since I used to work at a fairgrounds and trying to answer questions for our members and nobody having an answer. We have transitioned specifically over the last 60 days to being a connector. And and our logo, if you look at our logo, we're known as the network. And that's because we connect people together. We connect fair folk together and the people who serve those fairs, the carnivals, the food vendors, the insurance providers. So what we've done is connect them. We have organized all types of chat sessions. We've become experts at all of those using those virtual platforms. We already were using some of those. And, uh, you know, for example, in the month of May alone, we had some 40 meetings and over 2,500 people participating online in discussions from maybe a half a dozen to almost 300 people. We've done that. We we published a magazine, and so we shifted totally to a magazine that was different than anything we've ever done to focus on how our members are reacting. And so we're both pushing out information, trying to find answers for our members. We're convening them together virtually so they can talk with each other and share ideas. And then we're taking the um, very innovative things that they're doing to survive and pushing that out to other members. Now, you say the end of February, Marla, and people in Wisconsin are going to say, well, wait a minute, what fairs or what state fairs were going on at that time? But in reality, there may have been some of those events that were caught almost right in the very beginning of COVID in the West and Southwest, correct? Absolutely. There's a major fair season across Florida, uh, into Texas in particular, a little bit into California. So February 26th was the day that I became aware. I'd, I'd been aware of uh, the coronavirus because I had been traveling overseas uh, for, in the latter part of January. But on February 26th was when we began to hear of incidents in the U.S. and what that might mean. And it wasn't very long. Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which is uh, probably the largest single event held that is one of our fair members. Uh, They were in day eight of a 20-some day run, and they were shut down, and they were the first fair to be shut down. Uh, In the month of March, we had 15 member fairs, which were scheduled, uh, again, through primarily Texas and Florida. 13 of those were canceled. And then all of our member fairs happening in April and May uh, immediately began to be canceled, some with, you know, a week's notice. And then, of course, the farther we got into the stay-at-home orders issued primarily across the United States in the last part of March, all of the April and May events began. So 100% of our members uh, to be held in April and May uh, were canceled by virtue of government authority. And now, I guess the unfortunate thing is that story continues to be told right on into the fall months now, right, Marla? Exactly right. Uh, we we actually have fairs happening in every single month of the year, but obviously uh, the prime season is July, August, and September. That's when the majority happen. For the month of June, for example, and again, not we don't have a comprehensive listing of all the fair dates. Some some fairs don't share that uh, with us annually, but we had 51 that we knew were scheduled for June, and as of right now, 44 of those have canceled. So I think June 
June is going to be very, very difficult for July fares. And this was this was uh, of checking on things in the mid morning on June one. Uh, we're constantly updating our database, but about a third of the fares in July have canceled. Uh, less in August, but again, we've seen fares into September and now October that have canceled. Off the top of your head, Marla, do you know of any fair? that did happen, no matter size, in May or maybe within the next 10 days might be occurring? I'm just curious if anybody is seriously going to still try to go on. No. There are some livestock, independent livestock shows like junior uh, livestock shows that are happening in Texas. I happen to be friends with a large network of of VOAG instructors there in Texas, and I'm seeing some social media posts of their kids being able to be out and uh, be at some livestock shows in Texas, but they're not part of a full-blown fair where we have all of the things that we expect with the carnival, with all types of entertainment, with uh, competitive exhibits, commercial exhibits, food and beverage, as well as the livestock shows. So the, the fair in and of itself, no. We just got word actually this morning of one carnival being able to operate a three-day weekend type of event over Memorial Day in Oklahoma, and that's the first that we've heard of any carnival being able to operate anywhere in North America. Let's talk more about that, Marla. Again, Marla Calico is along with us, President and CEO of the International Association of Fairs and Expositions, her headquarters in Springfield, Missouri. But she travels, as she said, not only across the United States but around the world on behalf of fairs. Now let's talk a little bit about the the details behind the scenes that the average fairgoer, again, is not exposed to. Uh, you and I were talking off mic about the magic of a fair. Well, that magic takes some doing to happen. And that is where people fail to realize the conundrum of COVID-19 and trying to go forward. Give us kind of the bullet list of things people should be aware of that make it difficult for a fair to go forward, regardless of how strong, heartfelt their intentions are. Sure. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to expand upon that. It is magic. It is also like a juggler. If you think about being at a fair and watching that juggler that's juggling fire or knives or bowling balls and they try to get as many as they can up in the air, that's your that's your fair board president and a volunteer fair. That's your fair manager. They are going to have close to a dozen balls of fire or knives up in the air at any one time and you drop one of those things and the show's over with. You can't do it. So let's break that apart. Not every fair has the carnival, but the majority of fairs that take place across the United States have some type of mobile amusement operators. Those businesses have been stuck at a standstill since mid-March. They haven't gone out. Uh, they, they're taking the time to work on their rides and get it. But to move a carnival down the road, it depends upon a route. It's going from one fair to another fair to another fair, maybe doing a festival or a shopping lot date. And so, for example, if a fair in central Wisconsin is scheduled for July 20th, let's just say, and the carnival that is booked, already booked for their event, if they cannot get there, if, if this is going to be the first fair, they can't afford to walk out the door because there's no guarantee that once they get there, they're not going to be shut down. That's the other part of all of this that's intermixed with every decision, that this disease that we know nothing about could rear its ugly head and a fair could be put together and automatically shut down. 
that carnival routing is also duplicated to a large extent with a lot of mobile food vendors and some commercial exhibitors, especially for your larger state fair. And you've got to build the route to be efficient. Uh, you just can't open up and go to one fair as a one-off type deal. And for fairs, that carnival revenue in many, many locations is a significant source of revenue. Here's the magic. That's what funds the livestock shows. Agriculture is a loss leader. It's what we do. It's why we do it. But it's a loss leader when it comes to the bottom line and finances of the fair. It has to be supported. So the money that a fair makes off of carnival, the money that a fair makes off of the food and beverage, whether they operate selling some of that themselves or they have other vendors, the money they make off of entertainment, all of those pieces contribute to the bottom line and the financial health. Uh, you know, some fairs, depending on where you're at in the United States, some fairs get funding, perhaps from their county, perhaps from their state, maybe some premium reimbursement, but by far and away, the majority of fairs in the United States do not receive taxpayer subsidies. Well put. Marla Calico, President and CEO of the International Associations of Fairs and Expositions, again, constantly keeping you up to date on the difficult decisions that our fair boards across the United States are being forced to make today, keeping their fingers crossed on a better tomorrow. For more, follow up at MidwestFarmReport.com and make sure you also check out fairsandexpos.com for the bigger picture on what's happening because of COVID-19. I'm Pam Yonke. What weather is in store for the Midwest today? Stay tuned as ag meteorologist Stu Muck gives you the latest forecast in just moments. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Here's a way for the whole family to have fun together. Everybody can bike and run in the Try for Schools Unstoppable Families at Home Race, June 20th and 21st. Designed for kids of all ages, this at-home bike and run event lets your whole family complete their own course, celebrate healthy bodies and minds, and support local schools with fitness resources. You even get a shirt. Register today at tryforschools.org. Try for Schools, bringing out the champion in every kid. Sponsored by Dental Health Associates and Midwest Family Marketing. Right now, it feels like the world is standing still. But if you look to the land, it's a whole different story. From farms to backyards, seeds are being planted, animals are being fed, grass is growing, and families are giving their all to the soil because the land never stops. So to all those linked to the land, Sloan Implement and John Deere say thank you. We're here for you because we all run together. Visit Sloan's.com. We're John Deere people, too. Power up with Sloan's. Everyone has a bucket list. I just changed mine. When the time comes, I just want to be at home in my own PJs, not in a gown that lets in the breeze. I want my family there and people who care how I live, not just how long. Care on my terms. A Grace gave my dad that kind of care, and now I know when I need it. A Grace will help. A Grace Hospice and Palliative Care. Just call. A Grace will help. 
For over 85 years, Goodman's Jewelers has been a downtown destination worth reaching. A Madison landmark, Goodman's Jewelers has always been able to adjust to the times. And during this pandemic, they've stepped up to meet this latest challenge. Here's owner John Hayes. As things begin to return to normal, we want you, our customers, to know that we've taken the necessary steps to assure we're COVID compliant. We care about your safety. We've been in the business to make memories, and we want to make those memories continue. Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, serving Madison since 1933. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. All righty, 520 now on a Tuesday morning, and weather is on the minds of many folks in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, because it looks spooky what we've got coming. That uh, tropical storm, uh, Christ, what is it? Say it again, Stu. Cristobal. Cristobal. I can't remember that. But boy, this dirty buggery, I don't know what kind of damage it did where it came from, but I don't like what I see coming my way in kind of the follow-through. Right. Oh, lots of flooding in the south. I mean, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, a lot, a lot of flooding. Cristobal himself has moved into Missouri and will cross east through the Show Me State and then head up into Iowa and even cross through southern Wisconsin into the day tomorrow. Rain in Missouri, of course, this morning. There's that cool front building in from the northwest. There's rain in far northwest Minnesota, the eastern Dakotas, central South Dakota, having a pretty good rain this morning. So as these two features move together, rain is going to move in. I'll mention that flash flood watch again this afternoon into early tomorrow, all the way from Grant, Crawford, Richland, Vernon County, into Adams and Juneau and Monroe and La Crosse and Trempolo and, and Buffalo and Jackson, everybody up to that Eau Claire area as well, in line for heavier rains. The heaviest rain, northeast Iowa into western Wisconsin. Yes, that's La Crosse, where there could be several inches. I'll have the forecast right after this. Oh, my goodness. Did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rose? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm, like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers, making his soybeans, like, literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Compure Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation, and our support continues today. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help. To learn more, give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compeer.com today. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. All right, Stu. So I'm going to be in Verona today starting at 2 o'clock with our Wisconsin Needs Farmers Yard signs for anybody that wants to come on by. Give me give me some specifics on when this stuff's really going to start coming through. Well, be ready for it to be warm, becoming mostly cloudy and breezy today. Showers possible toward the afternoon. More likely in southern Wisconsin by late afternoon, Pam, I'd say by 3 o'clock or so. Lacrosse falling in about that same pattern that time. Everybody else even a little later today. Mid and upper 80s for highs. East winds will get gusty, 10 to 20, even gusting near 30. Cloudy skies, showers, even thunderstorms last into the night. 
taper off a bit before daybreak. Mid-60s overnight, southeast winds 10 to 20 become southwest and gusty. Partly sunny skies Wednesday. Could be, again, a scattered shower or so around, but more likely in the afternoon tomorrow. Mid-70s, west winds 8 to 18 and gusty. And Thursday, back to some sunny skies. Just a slight chance of a little afternoon rain. Low and mid-70s, cooling off, drying out for the end of the week. Pam, I'd say a good one to three inches at La Crosse. Everybody else, uh, Mauston uh, into Madison, even an inch to an inch and a half, and a little less in eastern Wisconsin, an inch or less. But it's going to be getting wet here for a couple of days. Ugh. All right. Good enough. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you then. Stu Macher, Ag Meteorologist with weather details. So get those rain gauges ready, folks. Uh, right now, everybody kind of in the same boat as far as temperature. Lacrosse, uh, you're clear in 72. Mauston, clear 64. Fond du Lac, clear in 66. Beaverdam, clear in 63. Up in Eau Claire, they're clear in 64. Madison, likewise, clear in 64 degrees as we get rolling this morning. So, uh, rainfall reports, when they occur, remember, my toll-free number, 877 Farm. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Cooperative. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rose? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo. And it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Signs by Tomorrow celebrates all businesses now getting open. Signs by Tomorrow makes it easy and fast. Go online, fill out a request form for a quote, and within 24 hours, Signs by Tomorrow can be ready to deliver. Your image is important. Look professional and creative in your public messaging. Signs by Tomorrow creates banners, flutter flags, A-frame signs, and floor minders to give your business a professional, fresh reopening image. Call Signs by Tomorrow or order directly online. Signsbytomorrow.com forward slash Madison. When you cool your home with an Infinity system from Carrier, you can rest easy knowing that you're providing the right choice and comfort and energy efficiency for your family. With a parts-limited warranty of up to 10 years and SEER ratings of up to 21, Carrier systems offer reliable solutions to your family's home cooling needs. For greater comfort and peace of mind, turn to the experts at Carrier. Call Gryber Heating and Sheet Metal in Wanakee. Gryber is your Carrier factory-authorized dealer and President's Award winner for excellent customer service. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. When you ride a motorcycle, you can face serious risks from cars around you. It's a fact. Some car drivers don't watch for motorcycles, and they don't see you. Even if they do, some cars don't give bikes the space they need to drive safely. A collision between a motorcycle and a car can be devastating. If this happens to you, we can help. At Clifford and Rihala, we know that motorcycle riders can suffer life-changing injuries in a crash. 
and we can help you recover the compensation you deserve. If you or someone you care for has been in a motorcycle crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation. We'll fight to help you receive your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. While being prepared is on the top of your priority list, add Englewood grass-fed beef as a key solution to your family's food supply. Englewood offers a broad range of options to deliver antibiotic and hormone-free beef from our farm to your table. Visit EnglewoodGrassFarm.com and click on the order page. Soon, you'll be stocked up on heart-healthy grass-fed beef. Englewood Grass-Fed Beef, farming to promote the health of our animals and our family of customers. As a business owner, you rely on a lot of people to keep things up and running. Hey, you're not the only one who'd like to kick your IT provider to the curb. Compel Consulting has become the most trusted source of computer services, pain-free. Compel works to eliminate the hassles and headaches that technology can bring, helping business owners increase productivity and make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. I think Major League Baseball is the only one with their both sides, the uh, Players Association and the owners with their head up their ass. I think everyone else has took their heads firmly out of their asses and saw the light of day and said, okay, let's work together to get it done. I don't see the Players Association and the owners working together. The players just came out the other day and said that the owners are depriving America of baseball. Can't you say the same thing about the players that you're depriving America of baseball? Yeah, hundred percent. It's this 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 isn't this isn't a one way street here. You guys are both to blame. And they saying the league's cynical tactic of depriving America of baseball games in furtherance of their demand of unwarranted salary concessions is short sighted and troubling. Couldn't you say if the, okay if the players don't play at all this year, won't the league even control more of the money and more of what's at stake? the following years because they're going to have salaries are going to be reduced you're not going to see these as giant salaries anymore the owners and you brought this up last week Nelly the owners are going to have the power and the players are going to start bitching how they need to have more money next year right yep and down down the line right yeah because we've talked about it before major league baseball is like any other company in the economy this pandemic or this lack of season could hurt them for years and years down the road. Mm-hmm. They say before the pandemic, the players were set to earn about $4 billion in salaries, not including signing bonuses. 
termination pay and option buyouts. Under the March 26th agreement, when it was uh, they were trying to agree on the prorated deals, that would be cut to that four billion in a normal year. That would be cut to around two billion in an 82 game season. So there's already half off the table. Major League Baseball's offer would lower salaries to 1.2 billion plus the 200 million for the postseason. The union's proposal would leave salaries at 2.8 billion. What What will happen is contract those big 300 million dollar contracts they won't be handed out in the future Mm-mm. plus you're going to have teams that are going to try and cut salary just in general yeah oh yeah big time well you already had teams cutting like, salary look at what the brewers look at what the brewers have were doing going into this and season and that was already before that was before the pandemic that was before that was when they thought it was going to be a normal year and now you're going to have the smallest market in baseball not have any gates, which they actually do in the top third, mm-hmm. the Brewers, that is, for gates and obviously food and concessions. Man, uh, now they're not going to have that. I'd say right now uh, a uh, Major League Baseball ballpark dog sounds pretty good right now. I could go for a hot dog right now or a brat. Uh, the deputy commissioner does say, quote, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, is committed to playing baseball in 2020. He has started discussions with ownership about staging a shorter season without fans. Assuming that those discussions go well, we will notify you at the appropriate time of our intentions. And that was the deputy commissioner. And Major League Baseball claims that by playing in empty ballparks, it would lose $640,000 for each game. The union has then challenged Major League Baseball's analysis of that. (laughs) Major League Baseball claims by playing in empty ballparks, it would lose $640,000 for each game. Now, is that each game and each, is that each team? Each team, a game would lose $640,000 a game? That's insane if that's, if that's true. And the union obviously wants to know more and just challenge their analysis of it. Okay, so I just did the math. You said $640,000? For each game. That's what Major League Baseball claims. We would have to figure out an average attendance. But if it was an average attendance of 20000 in a ballpark, that means every person would have to spend $32. I feel like that's pretty realistic. Yeah, that is very real. That is definitely very realistic. All right, here's um, let's go to the Brewers' average attendance. The Brewers' average attendance in 2019, they were eighth in the league, and they averaged uh, 36,090 fans a game for a total of almost $3 So if you do that math, that means each individual fan in that stadium, I don't know if this would be counting or not counting ticket sales, but they would have to spend about $18. Oh my God, that's in, that's incredible. That's like two beer. That's that's a beer and a hot dog. And if you're at a ballpark, and that's, that's you're their average a, attendance. If I'm at if I'm at the ballpark, I'm definitely getting a beer, and I'm definitely getting a dog. Ham Yankee is the best thing to happen to farming since Pipeline Milky. 
And she didn't make us say that. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Already 535 on a Tuesday morning. Don't forget John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, is going to join us live in just a couple minutes. Let us know what the markets are talking about this morning. You've got to believe that they're focused in on all the moisture that's headed to the upper Midwest. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. This is the ninth day of June. On this day back in 1934, Donald Duck made his film debut. He was uh, characterized as a short-tempered duck, got a sailor suit on, one of Walt Disney's most famous cartoon characters that came to life on this day back in 1934. On this day in 1915, guitar pioneer Les Paul was born in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I did not know he was a... Wisconsin native. His uh, guitars still carry the Les Paul name and considered one of the country music's greatest guitarists. He was a great jazz pop musician and also a pioneer in music technology. Born on this day in Waukesha, Wisconsin, 1915. And happy birthday today, Michael J. Fox, 59 years old. Johnny Depp turns 57. Natalie Portman, 39 years young. And now you know. Well, like I said, all eyes in Wisconsin agriculture and agriculture in general focused in on the remnants of Tropical Storm Cristobal that has a crosshair on Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa this morning. USDA's chief meteorologist, Brad Rippey, explains. We are looking at two main areas of precipitation with Cristobal and its remnants. Uh, The first will be primarily along the path of the system. So you can expect some heavy rainfall on the order of two to four inches, some isolated totals possibly near six inches as the remnant circulation moves northward through Missouri and then eventually into Wisconsin and upper Michigan. There will be a second area of significant rainfall, also two to four inch totals expected where the cold front begins to interact with the tropical system, and those totals will be rung out across the eastern Dakotas, parts of Nebraska, as well as Iowa and Minnesota. That's USDA's chief meteorologist, Brad Rippey. Now, all this rain comes at a time when most of our spring planting is pretty much wrapped up. As of Sunday, in the state of Wisconsin, 96% of the corn was in the ground. That's more than three weeks ahead of where we were last year at this time. It's also eight days ahead of our five-year average. About uh, 86% of the corn that's been planted is through the soil surface, and 84% of the corn called good to excellent as of right now. 94% of our Wisconsin soybeans are in the ground. Again, like I said, uh, more than three weeks ahead of last year and 10 days ahead of our five-year average. 86% of the soybean crop rated good to excellent right now. 97% of the oats are planted. 95% of the potatoes are in the ground. And as far as the first cutting of alfalfa, about 50% of that has been reported complete. But uh, with the amount of rainfall that we're talking about from this next system that's coming in in the next few hours, boy, I'll tell you, some of that uh, crop already in the ground, probably at risk. Well, is your county or district fair at risk of not happening this year? In Wisconsin, we know there's still 44 county and district fairs planning on moving forward with as much of a normal fair experience as they can put together. But for those county fairs that have already decided, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to do it, is there an option out there for the youth that are involved in exhibiting? 
Well, the University of Illinois has found an online platform that they think might answer some questions for those youth exhibitors. Jared White brings us an update. The move to online 4-H events is a continuation of policies implemented due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Dr. Lisa Diaz, director of Illinois 4-H, stresses health and safety are paramount and many considerations go into a decision of this magnitude. Conversations about what our facilities will allow in terms of crowd control, group size, how many stalls we have for our animal exhibits, social distancing guidelines. Unfortunately, even with the phase decision, it's a little unclear. And at the end of the day, we can really only plan on what we know today and not some projected point in the future. Online 4-H general project and livestock shows will be offered via Fair Entry, a digital exhibition platform. Diaz notes the first judging using the portal is set to take place this month. For most of the exhibits, the young people will be invited to upload either a series of photos or slideshow option. That'll be their choice. And then a short response to some standard exhibitor questions that are designed to kind of model the types of questions that a judge might ask. There are a growing number of online livestock judging platforms. Several of our staff and our 4-H families have personally participated in some of those platforms, and I'm hearing largely positive experience, and we'll have our first uh, users in the next week or so. Dr. Diaz acknowledges that the showing experience will be different this year, but she is thankful the 4-Hers will still be able to showcase their projects. Everyone agrees it's not going to be the same. Nothing about this is going to be the same as past summers. That's a disappointment that we're, we're all facing. We are happy, however, that the video option, especially for some of our animal shows, are allowing that opportunity for a young person to show off the animal that they've been working with so hard all year long. Illinois 4-H hopes to be able to share some of the virtual shows via their website and social media platforms. Full details for 4-Hers competing in the shows is available through your local U of I Extension office and 4-H club leaders. Extension will announce its decision on early August events on July 1st. I'm Jared White reporting. Itching for a market update? The Midwest Farm Report will be right back with a look at the latest from the Chicago Board of Trade. Compere Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation, and our support continues today. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help. To learn more, give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compere.com today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rows? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. 
Looks like there's going to be a few new faces on the board of directors for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Remember, that is the board that is funded by Dairy Farmer Checkoff Dollars to promote Wisconsin dairy, educate the consuming public, and work on research for future dairy products. Congratulations to some of these folks from right around our area. We've got Janet Clark from Rosendale continuing, representing District 16 dairy producers. Mark Crave from Watertown, representing District 19 dairy producers. Southwest Wisconsin, Ann Keeler from Platteville. Stacy Eberly from Monroe on the board of directors for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. I've got all the district results up on my website, MidwestFarmReport.com. According to the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, of the more than 2,600 dairy producers that were in the districts that underwent the election, less than 14% returned their ballots. Markets in overnight electronic trade are struggling a little bit this morning. We'll talk more about that with John Heinberg in just a moment. December corn's down two at three forty-five. November soybeans down almost four cents at eight seventy-four. July wheat's down four five oh seven a bushel. Our dairy product prices had been on a tear lately, but yesterday took a step back. Barrel cheese was unchanged at two thirty-six. Forty-pound block cheese unchanged at one ninety-two and a half. Well, the forty-pound block cheese actually gained three and a quarter cents yesterday to two fifty-eight and a half per pound. Fluid milk contracts in overnight electronic trade. Right now, it looks like our July milk is trading up. Two cents, eighteen ninety six a hundredweight. August milk is up three at seventeen fifty a hundredweight. All right, so what is going on in the marketplace and what's the driving news? John Heinberg joining us live from the Stuart Peterson Total Farm Marketing Group in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Air conditioner overheated? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to keep things cool. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to keep your family cool. Call Farrow Heating and Cooling in Wanakee or Heating and Cooling Incorporated in Madison. They'll do whatever it takes. Bryant. Whatever it takes. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Through our partnership with the Federal Home Loan Bank of Chicago, Settlers Bank has been able to make grants to our nonprofit community. We are proud to support the heroic efforts of these compassionate people. We are committed to providing them solutions and support. As a bank built on relationships, bringing these dollars back home just makes sense. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin's number one farm insurer can protect your dairy operation from unexpected declines in revenue from milk sales. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more or talk to your local agent about how dairy revenue protection can fit into your risk management plan. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. It's a whole lot easier when John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, is along with us, and that's exactly what happens on Tuesday. John's joining us live via Skype from his office towards West Bend area. Let's talk a little bit about the dairy trends we've been witnessing, John. A week ago, we talked about, my goodness, look at how much ground we've gained. Now, granted, yesterday, it looked like uh, we paused a bit as far as dairy product prices. Is the momentum still out there or are we literally have we already topped well we're still at a stage where you know we basically have seen an unprecedented rally in cheese prices doubling basically in a month uh so we're kind of at a window now maybe we are pausing a little bit just because of the cost value you know but the cheese pipelines are starting to get refilled and when that does refill then we'll probably see some more stability at least in terms of upward movement uh in those uh, pipelines and or in those prices carrying over into the milk side of the equation you know and realistically you've seen milk here now just kind of consolidate the last uh, handful of trading sessions you know june staying around the 20 dollars area july around the 19 dollars area and you know it's an area that's got a lot of resistance just from the psychological factor so we'll have to see how things kind of play out if we continue to see the strength or the strength maintains you know milk prices have can work higher uh, but at least right now it just seems like we want to kind of see where this picture gets to as the pipelines get a little bit fuller on a daily basis that that really is kind of the loaded question is how long it's going to take us to replenish everything that was exhausted, sold off, or disposed of. Exactly. And, and again, when those pipelines get refilled, uh, we'll see some pullback in prices. We, you, we've seen it in the meat sector. You know, obviously, uh, retail values for like cattle dropped over $90 last week as we got basically slaughter is almost back to where it was prior to the, the, the plant closures and things of that nature. Same thing will probably happen, at least on the cheese side of the equation, when we get that pipeline caught back up. But right now, we got pretty good demand on the food, food service side, as well as, you know, government's been stepping in purchasing cheese putting a lot of pressure on the inventories and realistically at this stage milk production is flat if not declining in some regions nationally so that's making the supply pile very tight when are we going to get like a cold storage report or another update on where the numbers actually stand not sure the exact day, but we should see something here probably towards the middle middle or back half of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually around that third week of the month, we'll get those reports uh, to check on the both uh, live or the meat side as well as the cheese side. Is it feeling like the cycle is a little bit more normal these days, John, than it was forty five days ago? Getting to that stage, uh, you know, we still got a lot of questions where things are when you look at the all the markets in general, and then you know we've got money flowing from all different places, and obviously you got a stock market that seems to have blinders on to anything going on in the economic side. So it's really an interesting time right now, just trying to get a feel where those markets want to go. And, and some things are still very out of proportion or out of whack compared to how they typically are in a lot of these different markets. 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that money flow because yesterday, perfect example, Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average, S&P, whatever you want to look at, uh, seeing a lot of people that are refinancing things. What What is going on with the currency flow? Why does agriculture have to pay attention to that? Well, money flow is a big factor in terms of where the money wants to move, what markets are you know hot or whatever at that time frame, and you know you're seeing a lot of money move into the equity markets. A lot of that is a product of the money that's put into the system, obviously with the with the. Uh, with support plans or the CARES package that was put together, you know, so you've seen the stock market looking for some people looking for some value to put money into. And that's an area that we see it go to quickly because of the returns of the yields they get. You know, we got a core market right now that is atypically short for this time of year. Usually we start seeing the funds get out of their short positions. You know, we've been rallying in price, you know, slowly, but we've been going higher over the last handful of weeks. And the funds have actually been putting more money into the short side of the market and, which gives us some potential if there's a reason for them to get out that prices could really push a little bit as they clear up you know a 280,000 short position uh, but at the same time with the way that things are kind of looking right now there's no reason for them to get out and they may very well just hold it uh, again which is against the historical trends in this time frame well historical trends seem to be out the window anyhow i want to put put uh, just a pause on that for a moment john and look ahead at the next uh, 24 48 hours boy oh boy this crystal ball thing sounds like it is going to bring just a whale of a bunch of water. Now, granted, the planting progress report showed we pretty much got her in the ground, but is the market sensing or discussing anything weather-related from the south to the Midwest? Well, we'll have to see how the moisture comes through. But like you said, yeah, it sounds like we're going to get a, a swath of water coming through a very aggressively through, right up the Mississippi River, basically. Uh, you know, so hopefully people are wary of that and safe and use good decisions there. You know, the market in general, we saw crop ratings for corn and, and beans both improve week over week. We needed that heat to kind of get this crop going. In most regions, there's still some pockets out there that cold weather that we put this in the ground kind of stunted things. And it's taking some time, especially in the north northern tier. But you know, right now we're looking at a market that's feeling very comfortable with weather. Obviously, we'll see what this storm does in terms of the amount of moisture it puts down. But uh, the old mentality in the marketplace sometimes is rain makes grain, and then we'll figure it out later. And even after last year with the amount of moisture we dealt with and what crop we supposedly put together, you know, rain factors aren't an issue. Now we got to watch what happens as we go into July. Forecasts are supposed to dry out. And if that gets to be a case and the market starts to perceive any concern there, then maybe that could get that money flowing out of those short positions in corn. Yeah, we we are going to have to keep an eye on a lot of different fronts, that's for sure. John, remind us again, if we want to talk to you or try to put a strategy together, uh, maybe I'm feeling more confident now that I've actually got the crop in the ground. How can they reach you? Sure, love to talk to them anytime. Again, feel free to call the office at 800-334-9779 or ask them to go visit our website at totalfarmmarketing.com. Under the brokerage solutions area, you'll find my profile. Shoot us an email. Love to talk with anybody anytime just about the markets or things in general. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, sometimes it's just nice to bounce ideas off one another. Very good, John. We'll catch up, catch up with you again next week, my friend. Thank you, and have a great week. Excellent. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, right over there in West Bend, right here in Wisconsin. So like he said, do not hesitate to reach out to him if you've got any questions or want to try to put together a game plan on weathering these uncertain storms, (laughs) no pun intended with the crystal ball stuff, but trying to just get a game plan together. And who knows what's going to change before combines flow and start rolling maybe later this fall. All right. 
Tomorrow, we are going to catch up on what's going on here in Wisconsin with our potential livestock shows. Stick around. That'll be back tomorrow morning, starting at 5.05. This is the mid.